0: Psalm 28 To you, O Lord, I call, my rock. Do not refuse to hear me, for if you are silent to me, I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplication as I cry to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who are workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while mischief is in their hearts. Repay them according to their work. And according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of his hands, he will break them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleadings. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts. So I am helped, and my heart exults. And with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 10 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it on the coastlands far away. Say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd of a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty," says the Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 19 through 40. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. The Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing, for he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be astonished. Indeed, just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whomever he wishes. The Father judges no one but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Very truly I tell you, Anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has has eternal life, and does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Very truly I tell you, the hour is coming, and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who will, and those who hear it will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be astonished at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek seek to do not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies on my behalf, and I know that his testimony to me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. Not that I accept such human testimony, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father has given me to complete, the very works that I am doing, Testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me, and the Father who sent me himself testified on my behalf. You have never heard his voice or seen his form, and you do not have his word abiding in you, because you do not believe him whom he has sent. You search the scriptures, because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that testify on my behalf, yet you refuse to come to me to have life." Good morning and welcome to the 26th Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from North Yarmouth, Maine. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 28, Jeremiah 31, and John 5. And this is also the last um, the last reading that we reflect back on um, a, a reading in ordinary time. Uh, the... Uh, liturgical weeks uh, peak on Sunday, and so last Sunday that was the Reign of Christ Sunday or or Christ the King Sunday, and for three days after Sundays, the readings reflect back on the prior Sunday. So tomorrow we're going to be reading in preparation for the first Sunday of Advent. Um, we are we'll have three days of waiting before the season of waiting begins, um, but knowing that we're reflecting back on uh, Christ the King Sunday um, kind of helps uh, explain the long reading from John talking about the authority of Jesus um, in the Gospel of John which is it's kind of surprised it wasn't in like Paul or something but um, Jesus is given uh, in the reading we learn that Jesus is given all the authority of God the Father um, that in fact it's Jesus who will judge um, on the authority that uh, the Father gives the Son, um, which I thought was fascinating. I'm reading uh, Joshua uh, the, these last several days um, as I'm doing research for "God Is a Grunt" and other good news for GIs. My next book with Center Street Press, um, and so to to see the the to look at what happens in Joshua, and that's when they it's at the end of the wilderness wandering and they are taking the promised land it happens in uh ten ten chapters um and then eleven or twelve chapters of the second part of Joshua are all about allocating the land um but in that first part uh god is God the Father is definitely judging um the uh, the people and the villages and the kingdoms that the Israelites conquer are um, dedicated to destruction. It's this word haram, um, which is actually uh, a not uncommon way to justify um, you know violence in the ancient Near East. Um, the Israelites did it, and others in the same area did it. They said, well. We're just going to kill everything because it belongs to God, um, and it's very clearly, and you know, building up to that point in Joshua, um, God tells the Israelites, "Look, you know, the time isn't right yet uh, because their their sin is not complete or it's not you know full, um, and so there's also this sense of of." Um, the Israelites doing this thing of conquering them because they have sinned. Um, but the haram, the dedication, turns them into a sacrificial lamb or sacrificial animal. Uh, just learn that it wasn't always sheep that were sacrificed. Um, it was actually goats or sheep, and goats were cheaper. Um, anyway, that's another chapter on Grunt God. But, um, so we learned that Something has changed with the arrival of God the Son in human form uh here on earth um, God the Father judges no one and has given all judgment to the son um and it's this it made me think of the command structure um i don 't know if anybody else heard this when they were in, but you know usually n c o s and lieutenants who would say something like. You know, um, I represent the commander or like you know, if you to to do something um uh wrong or to, to insult them is to insult the commander, you know, the O three four or five um above them. And this is that same kind of uh structure that if you insult the sun or you uh disobey the sun, you're disobeying God. But If you honor the Son, you're also honoring the Father that sent him. Um, And it's this emphasis clearly because it's Christ the King uh, Sunday. Um, But it's also this encouragement that because this is true, um, if God can raise people from the dead, then so can the Son. Um, And the, the encouragement is that the Son has experienced human life. Um, the the thing that makes um, God the Son different, Jesus different, is that Jesus can reflect on what God or what He as God um, has done, will do, etc., through the lens of human experience, mortal experience, um, and that increases the uh, you know the likelihood or the ability that that they will that he will sympathize with, with us um, and be more compassionate. There's study after study uh, in sociology and other uh, sciences, soft sciences, uh, that show you're far more likely to agree with someone, show compassion to someone, reach out and help someone if you've had a similar experience, if you identify with them. And that's um, that's the beauty of uh, God coming to earth and uh, the you know, the Christmas season, the Advent season, is is about exactly that. God among us, Emmanuel, um, is good news because that you know any kind of separation or distinction um, is now gone. Uh, God knows precisely what it is to be to live a human life, to be confined to you know a body, to um, suffer pain. Uh, to feel emotions not just as some mental, you know, exercise, but how they affect your body. You know, what does sadness do? What does pain do? And how do those things affect your decision making and and what you want to do? And the case could be made that dying on the cross, this horrific death, has made God more compassionate to you, humankind. Um, that um, say what you will about whatever happened. Uh, in the Old Testament, in places like Joshua um, and uh, Exodus, when they've, they also do some military campaigning, um, that God was not reflecting or was not making decisions based on an embodied experience of what it would mean to be conquered, to be put under Haram, uh, to be dedicated to destruction God's self. Um and in the cross that's exactly what happens. God says, Okay, um, you know, the that thing that NCOs say all the time that I I love, um, I'm sure officers say it too, but I know NCOs are much more prone to saying it. Um, that they won't do anything or ask their Joes to do anything without having first done it themselves or being willing to do it alongside them. Um and so the incarnation, the, the name that we give to just the very idea that God became man in Jesus, um, that's I, it's so important. And I think that in the military, that refrain of, uh, I'm not your leader, or I'm not a good leader, if I ask you to do something that I haven't done myself, or that I'm not willing to do myself, that is the incarnation, Jesus is God doing precisely that. Um, and whatever we think about it, we are trapped in time, and God deals with us in time and so in the Old Testament, God does not have access or seem to have access um, to uh what that would mean uh in terms of you know god's decision making like the flood um, we We can conjecture that. Um, God made the decision to destroy the whole earth, and he might not have done that had he experienced temptation uh, as he did in Christ Jesus. Um, and so I think it's, it's one of those things that I probably come back to more often than I need to, this idea that leadership means um, not, doing, not expecting others to do something that you're unwilling to do, to lead by example. Um, I think it's very important, and it's something that God has done in um, being born to you know humankind, and so as we enter Advent, uh, begin to enter Advent. Um, keep that in mind. That this is God telling us: no longer will I um, make decisions or, or deal with humanity without having experienced humanity for all of its good and all of its wrong. Um, now I'm going to lead. Much more by example than by you know by command, I guess, for lack of a better word um, and I think that's good news because any t- anything that um, that can be done to decrease the distance between us and God um, is a good thing, I think, and Jesus is the best thing in that God voluntarily enters this you know human existence and deals with us in a, uh, a new way, uh, a way that is much more compassionate and merciful than it seems that God has treated humanity in the past. Proper 29 from the Book of Common Prayer Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, Hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this